beginning this morning a new series called Coming Home. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I am the lead pastor for Love and Truth Church, and I am glad that you're with us today. I know that you've already experienced the presence of God. You've already been in a service where you've worshiped the Lord. Now we're getting ready to go into the Word of the Lord together. So would you get ready to receive? The Word of God lets us know how much God loves us, each and every one of us. And one of the greatest things about Scripture is how that in the life of Jesus, that He took time to talk about how much God loves us. The book of Luke, the 15th chapter, if you want to go there, if you're not already there, if you've got it on your iPad or whatever, that whole 15th chapter is about lost things. It starts off uh, with a parable or a story uh, about a lost sheep, that a shepherd had 90, 100 sheep and one sheep went away, uh, and that that shepherd, the Bible says, left the 99 and went out to find the one so that he could restore it. Then it goes on and begins to talk about a woman had 10 coins. And she lost one of her coins. And the Scripture says that, that she swept her house, that she opened the doors, that she looked everywhere until she found that coin. And the great thing about this whole chapter is that the next story in there is about a lost son. And that's where we're going to be over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about coming home. How that each and every one of us have the ability and we have the right to come back home uh, if we've been away. And, and I hope today that you are at home. I hope that you're in relationship with God. I hope everything is right between you and between Him. But if not, if, if there's something that's happened or something has taken place, I want to encourage you over these next few weeks to find that moment, to find that time in your life where you come back home to where God is. Now, the Word of God here in the verse 11, let's just start there. Uh, it says, And then Jesus continued, there was a man who had, ten son, uh, had two sons, excuse me, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so his father divided his property to him. Now, 
as we look at this this morning, I'm, go, I'm going to talk about uh, three things that the son didn't understand, and then I'm going to talk about, as we kind of bring it all together today, some things that he had to come to an understanding of. Now, the first thing that he did not understand, he comes to his father, and the Bible says that he says, give me what's mine. Give me my portion. Now, here's, here's what he didn't understand, first of all, okay? He did not understand what he had. Okay, uh, how many of you know sometimes we don't know what we've got until it's gone, right? And, and this boy, he didn't understand that he had everything. I mean, really, you're living in the father's house? I mean, I can remember as a kid, I, I remember that I got ready to graduate from high school, and, uh, and I couldn't wait to leave home. Anybody else was like that? Come on, anybody fess up? I, 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 I couldn't wait. And I remember telling my mom, I can't wait to get out of this house. And in fact, I graduated on a, on a Thursday or Friday, and I moved out on a Monday. You know, 17 years old are stupid. Anyway, I, uh, and, and I left home. I mean, I literally left home, and, uh, I, and I went to work. And, and actually, I, let me tell you what, what my job was that year. Some of you will, uh, will, will be relieved that this is no longer opened as a hospital. Uh, but my job that year was I worked as a construction helper on, on what was then the regional hospital, the one over by the mall here in Jackson. And, uh, and don't ask me what I did because I don't know. But anyway, um, I worked there. And, and about two months into that, I went home one day. And I said, can I come home? And she said, I didn't ever tell you to leave. But, but it was, you know, it was in that, that moment that I realized, you know what? Uh, I didn't understand what I had. Now, now, in this story, this young man does not understand what he's got. He, he, uh, he goes to his father, and he makes what is really a shocking request. Because in that society, uh, to try to set it up for you, in that, in that uh, lifestyle back then, uh, the, the eldest son... Would, would stand to inherit two-thirds of what his father owned. And, and if you were firstborn, a uh, firstborn son, now ladies, again, just bear with me, uh, you didn't get diddly. Literally, it didn't matter. You didn't get anything, all right? Uh, the, the male child got it all. Uh, if there was more than one, uh, you know, they divided. So the, the eldest child, the eldest son, got two-thirds of the property, and then the rest of it, a, th a third of it, was divided between the rest of the sons that were in the family. Uh, now, so in this story, that means that the eldest son stands to inherit two-thirds, and the youngest son is going to get how much? Come on, one-third. You're, you're, stay with me. Track with me this morning. And, and so, uh, so he goes to his father. Now, you've got to understand that in that society, it was of the utmost uh, arrogance to ask your parents to give you your inheritance before they died. I mean, it's kind of like now. You know, you ever, you ever had somebody, any of your kids come to you wanting to borrow against the inheritance? It's kind of like, what's wrong with you? This is, this is not what we need to be doing. We're not going to borrow against the inheritance. Wait till we die, and then, then you'll, you'll get it. Uh, but the Bible says that, that this young man comes, and he makes this shocking request. And in other words, here's, here's his mentality. His mentality is like a lot of people in America. He wanted something for nothing. Wow, I didn't get many amens, but I'm still right. He, he, he wanted to receive, but he didn't want to give. He, he wanted to, to have, but he didn't want to participate in the process of how you get stuff. He, he just wanted to, wanted to get it. I, really, it, it, what it binds down to be or comes down to be is this, is that he really was an unthankful child. And, and you know, a lot of times in our lives, and I, again, I don't want to get too quickly into your business, but, but a lot of times in our lives, that's our whole life. 
is that we're unthankful. We, we live in a great nation. We live in a place where uh, the majority, if not all of us, live at a higher level than most of the rest of the people in the world. And yet, we are always focusing on what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. And, and so this young man didn't realize what he had. He had everything. I mean, come on. Uh, dad was paying the bills. Dad was feeding him. Dad was clothing him. Dad was sending him to school. Dad, dad was doing it all. And he comes and says, give me what's mine and let me have it. And the Bible says, it's interesting, uh, and, and I, I love this about God, and it kind of worries me sometimes about God, uh, but th this is a picture of God as we see here in the Father. And, and the interesting thing is, is that the Father gave him what he asked for. Let me say this to you. Sometimes God will give you what you ask for even when it's not what you need. But because you keep asking, God just says, okay. You say, I don't believe that. Well, read, read the Old Testament. The Word of God says that God spoke to Israel and said, I don't want you to have a king, but because you continue to ask me and you've got a hard heart, I'm going to give you a king, but you're going to wish. Y'all don't want me to go there, do you? Some of y'all pray, oh, God, give me this man, give me this woman, and then you got him. Hallelujah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll keep moving. We won't get into that today, all right? Verse, verse 13, you ready? All right, I kind of bound some of your spirits. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a dis dif <laughs> distant, I'm having trouble today, distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Uh, the King James Version says, in riotous living. Number two is that he didn't understand what to do with what he had or what he got. All right? He, first of all, he didn't, didn't know how good he had it. And then secondly, he gets the gift. He gets the one-third of the inheritance. And then he doesn't know what to do with it. He, he begins, what he does is he begins to let his desires rule. Now, let me tell you something about your natural base desires, those carnal desires in your life. They are never satisfied. I mean, the, the, the moment you pick up the first cigarette, you don't think that 20 years later you're still going to be fighting to lay it down. Wow, I, I really do some good preaching. Y'all just don't act like it. <laughs> the first time you pick up a drink, you, you don't know that it's going to get a hold of you. The, the first time that you, you know, take a hit on a joint or whatever it is, the first time you look at pornography, the first time, the, whatever it is, the first time you, you kind of think, I, I got this, there's no problem here. But what begins to happen is, is that your desires, and, and here's the thing about carnal desires. Carnal desires are never fulfilled. What satisfied you yesterday won't satisfy you tomorrow. That, that's why people, you know, they take, take one hit of something, and it used to make them happy, and it used to make them feel good, and now they have to take a hit just to feel normal. Why? Because your desires are always unfulfilled in the natural. And, and so he begins to let his desires, he, man, he's partying. He, he is, everybody's hanging. He is having a good time. And, and he's kind of the, the YOLO guy. Y'all know what YOLO means, Y-O-L-O? YOLO means you only live once. That was, he had that tattooed on his head. Okay, not really, but he might as well have, okay? He, he's, he's just going, man, the party central. This, this is what I, I couldn't wait to get away from daddy's house. I couldn't wait to leave what was happening. I am, I am having a party. But you know, the problem is, easy come, easy go. 
If it's handed to you, you don't know what to do with it, and, and so you, you waste it. And he, the Bible says that he wasted his inheritance. He wasted his life on wild living, on partying, on, on whatever it was uh, that his heart desired. He wasted it. Why? Because he didn't understand how to handle what he'd been given. But it doesn't stop there. Look in verse 14. Verse 14 goes on to say, in Scripture here, it says, after he had spent everything. Now, now that's interesting. After he had spent everything, he didn't save a dime. There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Can, can I ask you a question? Have you ever been around pigs? Come on, any, anybody? Have you ever been downwind of pigs? Let me just say it that way. I mean, the only, the only time pigs smell good is when they're frying in the pan. You know, pork chop or bacon smells pretty good. But outside of that, if they're alive, they don't smell good. And, and on top of that, understand this, he is a Jewish boy who has been raised in a kosher household, and he thinks that pigs are an unclean animal. And yet, all of a sudden, he finds himself not only feeding the pigs, but the Bible says that he was desiring to eat what the pigs were eating. Now, I want to tell you, he has gone a long way down. He has left a place of plenty. He has left a place of provision. He has left that which was so wonderful, and he didn't have to worry about anything. And daddy's got servants, and I'm waited on, and I got plenty of food, and I got plenty of everything I need, and now I'm feeding pigs, and I am so hungry I almost would eat what they're eating. See, the third thing is this. He didn't understand what he had till he lost it. See, how often in our lives that, that when we've got something, we don't appreciate it. When we've got it, it, it's kind of that. But all of a sudden, we lose it. Maybe we go through a divorce. Maybe, maybe we go through a job loss or a bankruptcy or some, something happens. And all of a sudden, that which we took for granted becomes so precious to us. Maybe you, you didn't take care of yourself and, and all of a sudden, you, you lost your health. And the doctor looked at you and said, if you don't lose 40 pounds, wow, I really am digging in deep, aren't I? If you don't lose 40 pounds, you're going to die before your time. And all of a sudden, you had to make a use. Whoa, whoa, what's happening here? See, let, let me help you here. The, the Word of God says that he wasted his life in, in wild living. I, I, I want to talk to you about sin for a minute. Can I do that? Uh, because this is a picture of sin is what this is. I, I want to tell you something today. There is pleasure in sin. No, let me say it to you again. There's pleasure in sin. The, 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 any, any, any Christian that comes along and tells you there's not fun out there, they're lying. You, you can have a good time. I mean, when, when you're partying and everybody, everybody's there and it's a high old day, it, it's fun. And the Bible even says there's pleasure in sin, but it goes on for a season. As long as he's got plenty of money, everybody's hanging. I mean, he is having, I mean, he is the guy. I mean, you, he's on everybody's speed dial. He, he is the number one on favorites. Everybody's texting him. Everybody's got him on their Facebook page. Everybody is hanging out with him until 
Come on, wait till you're broke. Wait till you can't buy lunch. Wait until you need somebody to help you pay your electric bill. Then you will find out how many friends you really have. And this, well, the sad thing about this is, is that he brought all of this on himself. See, that's what sin does. Uh, sin, sin does some things to us. Let me talk about it. First of all, sin brings separation. The, the Word of God says that he left his father's house and went to a far country. I want to tell you, sin will always separate you from the father's house. You, you'll go places, you'll wind up places you never dreamed you would go. You'll look at yourself and say, what in the world am I doing here? I, I can't believe. I, I used to be a church girl. I, I used to go to church as a, as a young child. I used to be that person who sang in the choir. I, I used to be that person on the front row. What in, where am I? Why? Because sin separates you from God. Not only does sin separate you from God, sin separates you from those who love you. See, all of a sudden, when, when sin begins to really take root in our life, and, and all of a sudden, we, we don't want to go to church anymore. We don't want to hang out with people who love us anymore because there, there's that conviction thing. Understand? I mean, all of a sudden, we, we're sitting in a service, and, and, and there's a song sung about coming home, and we're going, oh, man, I don't know why I'm crying. Why am I crying? I don't know why I'm crying, man. I'm a baby. What's wrong with me? I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to be a man be a woman huh? why because the conviction of the holy spirit setting into our life so what happens to us is is not only does sin separate us from god sin separates us from those that could influence us for the things of god the bible says that he went to a far country he left home he left dad he left his brother he, he left everybody that could have influenced him and kept him where he needed to be but not only does sin bring separation sin brings sorrow I, I want to tell you when, you, when you're wanting to eat the pig stuff, that's a sorry place to be. I mean, you, you're, you're crying. You go, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I lost all that money. I can't believe I wasted everything that I was got. I mean, there, there's this deep sorrow that sets in when, when you find yourself in that place of sin. But, but not only does sin bring sorrow, sin brings shame. He, he's ashamed. I mean, he, he looks at himself and he says, my father has servants. He's got slaves that are better off than I am. Ever, ever looked at your child and they had done something they weren't supposed to do and you're trying to talk to them and they won't look at you? You go, look at me. But that shame, nobody, nobody told them to look down, nobody, but that shame makes them drop their head. And you know what's sad? The sad thing is to see people who are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus walking around with their head down because of the shame of sin that they've allowed to rule in their life. Do you understand today that every human being created was created to be an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ? And yet, when we get away from the Father's house, we get away from home, shame comes into our life. You know what? Lastly, is that sin brings suffering. 
I mean, he's suffering, man. Again, you, you won't eat pig. I mean, I, I've been around. I've watched them slop the pigs. That's, I, have, I never stood there and go, man, I'd like to have some of that. Ooh, that, that looks good. That smells. I, man, I can't believe they're giving that to the pig. Man, that, that, it was like, let me get away from here. That stuff is nasty. Those pigs are nasty. And yet here he is suffering. He, he had so much, and yet he lost it. Now, here's what had to happen in his life. And here's what has to happen in all of our lives is that, that our understanding has to change. We, we, we have to come to that place where, where we change. Would you look in verse 17, if you still got your Bible there? Uh, verse 17, look, look at the first part. It says, new, uh, excuse me, New International Verse says, When he came to his senses. See, the, the first thing that had to happen to him so he could turn around and get back where he needed to be was, number one, is that he had to understand where he was. He had to wake up to reality when he came to his senses. I, I, I love that. Basically, what Jesus is saying to us is that when we leave the Father's house, we just go crazy. Can I talk to you a minute? You ready? Have you ever noticed that somebody who's really been on fire for God and then they backslide, they become the worst heathens ever? I mean, good sinners won't even hang out with them. You ever notice that? I'm serious. It's like they, they say, I'll show, I'll do it. And, and, you, and sinners go, I ain't hanging with them. There's something wrong. They're crazy. That's what the Bible says. When he came to his senses. So you've got to wake up to the reality. You, you know what I find so often um, is that you, you have to come to that point where you stop lying to yourself. Do you know who the, the person that we lie to the most is not our husband or our wife or our kid. The person we lie to the most is us. And, and this, this, he's been saying, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. But all of a sudden, he had to quit lying to himself. He had to say, I am in a mess. This is jacked up. I can't keep living like this. Look at the latter part of verse 17. Watch what it says. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? See, the second thing that has to happen before you can get back to the place you want to be and need to be is he had to understand home. He, he had to remember what home. It's kind of like me when, you know, I was out there in 90-something degree weather and 100 degree weather running a sander and going, man, this is, I, I, thought, I thought being away from home, but I didn't have to do that at home. I, I, home, home, I thought home was bad. Well, home wasn't bad. See, he, he had to wake up. See, he, here's, here's what's interesting. Everything that boy had been looking for when he left home was always at home. Because he thought, I'll get out here, I'll be a big man, I'll have everything I need, I, everybody be looking to me. He already had that. There was provision at the father's house. I mean, think about it. Well, I'll, I'll do my own thing, and I'll have my own place, and I'll do all this, and, 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 and I'll take care of myself. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. When you were at father's house, there was protection at father's house. You didn't have to worry. He, he protected you. He kept you. 
See, that's what a lot of us don't understand. We, we think that God's trying to keep us from having fun. No, God's trying to protect you. The reason God says do some things and he says don't do some other things is not because he's trying to keep you from having fun. He just knows what sin will do in your life. And so what we have to do is we have to look back and say, wait a minute, I am not where I want to be. I know that Father's house was the place. There was provision at Father's house. There was protection. There was promise at Father's house. The Word of God says that God uh, wants to give unto us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. That's a promise. When you begin to read the promises of the Word of God, you say, why in the world would I want to get away from the promise of the Father's house? And yet, He is still, now watch this, even though he understands, even though he has a recollection of all this, he is still in the pig pen. See, it's not enough, and this is where we're going. It's not enough just for you to know that you're in a mess. Did you hear me? It's not enough just to talk about you need to make a change. Let's, let's look at it. Look and look 15. We're going there. All right? Look, look what he says in verse 18. I will set out, set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Now look at verse 20. Verse 20 is one of the most exciting verses in the Bible. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Here's, here's the, the, the ingredient we got to understand, and he had to understand. He had to understand he had a choice. You have a choice. You can live that old lifestyle. You can live hanging out with pigs. Or you can look at your father's house and see what's at the father's house. But it's not enough to see what's at the Father's house. It's not enough just to know. I meet people all the time who used to be part of this ministry, but for whatever reason, they're somewhere else. And I'm not talking about another church. I'm talking about they're not at home. And they'll talk to me for a minute, and then all of a sudden they'll say, Pastor, I know I need to be at church. I go, well, we'd love to have you. Why don't you come? Well, you know. Yeah, I know. I know you're hanging out with pigs. I know you smell like slop. Well, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just telling the truth. I know sin has tainted your life. But here's the great thing. Understand this. God's not interested in your history. God's interested in your destiny. He, he's, he's not looking. At, and in fact, we'll talk about this next week a little bit. But, but when the boy comes home, he starts this whole thing about, you, you know, I, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He's going through all this. And the father just basically says, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Why? Because God doesn't care about your yesterday. 
The Bible says old things pass away and behold, all things become new. Now there may be somebody in your life that can remind you of yesterday, but God has chosen never to remember your past against you anymore. I mean, do do you realize today that some people that you know that live for God, serve God wholeheartedly, fall out for God, if you knew their past, if you knew they'd been in prison, if you knew how many divorces they had, if you knew how many things that happened to them, if you knew what they used to be addicted to, if you only knew... But the Apostle Paul says, but such were some of you. But you've been cleansed, you've been redeemed, you've been saved. See, so, but, but watch this, it's not enough to know you got to go. He had to get up out of the hog pen. Now, it's interesting, when we started this story off, the, the first thing that the boy says is, uh, he, he goes to his father and says, give me. But when you get to this verse there, he says to his father, make me. You know that you are in the right place to receive a miracle in your life when you go from the place of selfishness to the place of saying, now God, I'm ready for you to do what you want to do. Not give me any longer. It's make me like one of your hires. Lord, you do the work in me. Why? Because he understood by this point, we don't know how long uh, the, the term of this story is, but he knows by now that he is in such a desperate place that only his father can restore him to the place that he needs to be. I want to tell you something today. There is a father who is waiting And he's standing right on the edge, looking over. And he's waiting for you to come home. And he's not looking for you to come home so that he can tell you all the bad things you've done. He's looking so that the moment he just sees you in the distance that he can jump and run to embrace you and to bring you to himself. I I, want to challenge you today. I I, want to ask you today, where are you? Where are you? You, you're, You're at a point and at a time that you can make a decision today to leave where you're at And you can come home to God Almighty. And you can be restored 